Well, Baggies fans, it's that time of the week again, and it's been some week, hasn't it? Um, and not in a good way, if we're perfectly honest. Um, I'm Johnny Drury, and I'm back here with the latest Baggies broadcast, sponsored by Adoption at Heart. And as always, um, probably more than ever, we've got an action-packed episode lined up for you. We've had defeats, chants, flares, thrown chairs, a deadline day that produced next to no one through the door, um, but a little bit of late news for people going the other way. Um, as always, I'm joined by my esteemed colleague, West Brom correspondent Joe Massey. Joe, it's been a bloody tough, tough week or so, hasn't it? You know, culminating in in yesterday, nothing really happened, but it seemed like quite a long day, didn't it? How, how are you doing this morning? Yeah, mate, I'm all right. Thank you very much. Appreciate you checking in. Um, yeah, well, I mean, what is there to say, really? It's a, it's a horrible, horrible time. We're all in a state of limbo. There's no other way to describe it other than limbo. Um, West Bromwich Albion is not a happy football club at the minute. It, there is, it's not a happy fan base and covering them is not enjoyable, um, I think it is fair to say. Um, so, yeah, that's where we are. That's the position we're starting from. That is how I am. Um, obviously, so much to talk about. Um, but we are, we are in limbo, but that doesn't mean we can't put a little bit of meat on the bones, which we'll obviously try our best to do. As always, as always, we've got a lot to talk about. We'll go through Millwall. Just react. We always react to the the last game. Um, we'll react a tiny little bit to the window. Only one really significant movement yesterday, which came really late in the day, which was a bit of a pain for everyone. Um, we'll talk about the elephant in the room, which is the future of Larry Ishmael, um, and then we'll take your questions, of which there has been a mountain of them today. I was trying to eat my dinner before. My phone was pinging and pinging and pinging. Um, so we've got so many questions. First up, I just want, I was going to mention this on the pod last week, but as we said, Joe, we didn't do a pod last week, did we? It was a bit bit of an awkward one with a game in midweek, and we didn't know if we were coming or going or what was going to go on at, at the Albion. But we've uh, we've been on the end of receiving a little bit of a uh, little bit of banter recently from a former West Brom West Brom favourite in uh, in Andy Johnson, the, the co-commentator for West Brom, haven't we? Just uh, explain a little bit about that for us. He's uh, I think he's taking more aim at you than me at the moment, but I've I've been on the receiving end of a little bit of it as well, haven't I? You're eager to bring this up, aren't you? This is your banter section this week, isn't it? This is your planned banter. Banter sections we can, mate. This is just normal chat. Well, Andy Johnson. I mean, now all Albion fans know him, but let's just say he is a live wire. Let's just say. He doesn't turn. He turns up again. He comes into the press room. He doesn't like have to come that early. So normally, a lot of most of us are there before he arrives. But I think we all know when he has arrived. Um, <laughs> that is always fairly obvious. Um, he is. He is. He is a character. He's a big personality. Yeah, I have to say, he is a very funny man. Um, but he is doing a new podcast with West Bromwich Albion um, with with Luke Hatfield. Can you believe it? Luke Hatfield is part of the production team. Jez at the club is part is doing it with um, Andy Johnson there, and they're going to have some guests on. So it's going to be a really good podcast. But we, we I'm looking forward to it. I am. Um, but Andy Johnson is in very much in competitive mode with us um, in terms of listens. So he's actually bet me that I think I can't remember what the time frame is um, that he, they can get more listens than us. And whoever whoever I've bet him that we'll win because we will because we get thousands of listens. What can I say? Um, that whoever loses has to take the other one for brunch. From what I gather, Andy Johnson's got quite expensive taste, so it has to be us that wins. And he won't leave. I can't afford it. He, he won't leave his home area, so you've got to go to him. I've got to think Andy Johnson's the type of guy that you take for brunch, and he'll, he'll say, oh, I'll just have um, a coffee as well. Oh, I just feel like I'll have a second coffee. Oh, I, might, I just need something just to refresh my palate. I'll just have a, a cake. And then I think before you know it, he's ordered everything on the menu, and you're, uh, yeah, you're paying an absolute fortune. So please... Um, 
listeners, don't make me lose that bet because I really don't want to lose it. <laughs> there we go, a bit of banter from uh, from Andy Johnson there. Oh, that's a nice start to the podcast. Well, right, it's okay. a lot yeah. happier than I was we'll start, we'll start at the top and now it's all the way down now. It's just <laughs> negativity for the next hour, Albion fans. Lock in for some misery. Yeah. Here it we comes. get accused of being too positive. Well, you've got what you asked for this week, haven't you, Baggies fans? Just negativity all the way. Right, we'll start with Millwall. Um, you know, we'll, we'll skip. Preston was bad, wasn't it, last week? We're not going to talk about that. It seems like a, a lifetime away now, but it was awful. Millwall's probably a tiny little bit better for the first 20 minutes, but then it was equally as bad. It was ugly. It was toxic. That's just on the pitch, not even in the stands. Um, there are talking points, Joe, but it was just it was rubbish, wasn't it? It was rubbish to watch. Rubbish, yeah, rubbish. Um, I think it's got to be made. The point has got to be made... Look, Preston was the worst game of the Valerian Ishmael era by a long, long way. It's the worst game that Valerian Ishmael says any of his teams have played over the last three years, basically since he finalised what he wants to do with his philosophy. So, it's a big statement from him. I think the vast majority of us thought he'd lost the dressing room after that game against Preston. The, the, The big thing... It was all about the reaction. Ishmael had a press conference on Friday. He was bullish. He said the right things. He made you think. He he, he made you question things. He thought, actually, can he get this back on track? It, it did feel like that. Um, it was interesting. He was upbeat. He was positive. Um, held his hands up. Admitted he made a lot of mistakes in the Preston game. He took the responsibility for that game rather than the players. Um, and yeah, we went to Millwall. And that, look, I think what has to be said and and. Uh, there, there'll be people. There'll be people who criticise me for the following statement, and you've just, you've already said it. Um, but Albion were better for twenty twenty five minutes, half an hour. For for, for the for, for, I would say for the majority of the first half. I don't know at what point you'd cut it. Whether it was twenty five minutes, thirty minutes, thirty three minutes, I can't remember. Um, it really doesn't matter. But for they started twenty one minutes and thirty three seconds. They started the stronger of the two teams. Isn't they did. Um, so that was intriguing um, in the sense that there was there was a reaction, um, a slight reaction to um, that Preston game. It was, I, th- I think, a lot of it was to do with the Andy Carroll effect. I think he is just such a presence at this level. He is so such a such a well. He's he's, he's just a good player. Look, I mean, he hasn't got the mobility he would like, but I mean, everything else is there. Um, and I think his his. His sort of his place in that front three, in the middle of the front three, knitting things together, gave everyone lift. He had a big chance after five minutes. It was a chance he created all out all. And we didn't really create the chance. It was all the ball fouled to him, and he did take like at this volley that he will feel he should have scored. But if I had gone in, then who knows what would have happened? But you have to say, let's just say for argument's sake, twenty-five, thirty minutes. Albion with a team on the front foot. The game sort of went to nothing um, for the last fifteen minutes of the first half, and then. We were a step or two up from from PNE really second half. It was it was rubbish. It was rubbish. Um, it was absolute rubbish. Um, Millwall both by far the better team. Not just like they Millwall actually played some decent football. They moved the ball um, well at times as they grew in confidence essentially um, following the restart when they just it was abundantly clear to them that. Albion were absolutely there for the taking. Um, and they thoroughly, thoroughly deserved to win the game. Um, Albion didn't look like scoring in that second half, but when they conceded one, they never looked like scoring, like they were gone. Um, 
And it was only a matter of time, really, before Millwall got their second. They were never, Mill, Albion were never going to get back in the game. Um, and it was a dreadful performance. It was, um, it was the second dreadful performance in the space of four days. It really was. We've covered uh, one point I was going to mention there, which was Andy Carroll, which was probably the the smallest of bright sparks in a pretty dark and grim day for Albion down in uh, down in London. We'll come on to Val, obviously, because that is the talking point around the club at the moment. But do the players have to shoulder responsibility for these performances as well? Yes, Valerian Ishmael might be setting his team up wrong. People can disagree with his formation, his philosophy. That, you know, that word we hear all the time in football at the moment. But once then players step over that white line, they take the responsibility, don't they? And, you know, without calling out anyone, it's obvious that they need to shoulder some of it, doesn't it? Doesn't it just some some of the the disappointment and the and what's going on at the moment? Yeah, I would agree with that. That, that a lot of people will make the point that a lot of these players have been at the club for a while, they've seen off a fair few managers. I think that's I think I think that's right. Look, I think I look for me it was a I'm I'm more than happy to say that Preston Millwall was as bad as Preston in that second half. I'm more than happy to say it. Preston, it was more visible to me how how there was a lack of effort on just in terms of just visible visibly I could see it. I saw four or five occasions when I thought players should have just closed the ball down quicker, should have just balls just not not, not just hopeful balls played forward. I'm not saying anything that was actually being created in the game. Just moments when. A player was in possession and an Albion player ran towards them and I think the, the Preston player was allowed to make the plaster. that if Albion players were trying 100% they wouldn't have made it. Just little bits and bobs like that and yeah I think that, I think they've got a they've got a shoulder to blame. They're obviously the, 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 the shoulder they've got to take their share of the blame. There's no doubt about it. These are good footballers. I know there's a lot of people who roll their eyes when they say that but that's this team got promoted from the Championship two years ago. Basically, we've swapped Carlin Grant for Mateus Pereira and we've swapped Alex Moet for Romain Sawyers. These aren't bad footballers, um, but they're playing really poorly. Now, look, it feels like <clears throat> they're unhappy. It feels like, obviously, th- there's an issue with the manager. There's no doubt about that. Um, but at the same time, they have, to take their, they have to take their share of responsibility as well. I think everyone has to take their share of responsibility from Valerian Ishmael's coaching staff and... And the players. It's just a sorry state of affairs, isn't it? I mean, it really is. can tell in your voice, Joe. Joe's voice sums up the situation at the moment, doesn't it? But, um, but yeah, Millwall was poor. Preston was dreadful. Well, Millwall was dreadful as well, wasn't it, to be honest? Um, just moving on very briefly, because not a lot did happen yesterday. Um, a couple of youth loans went out, but one of the main talking points, you know, we were made to hang on quite late for it, wasn't it, Joe, that Robert Snodgrass has left the club. Were you, um, we, I know he's been, been out on a... You know, been out of the picture really. I know he's had an injury, out of favour. Surprise? Were you were you surprised to see him go at the eleventh hour? Yeah, I was. I was really surprised to see him go at the eleventh hour. I mean, we, we weren't expecting anything at all, really. Uh, but the occasional sort of acad- academy loan out, which is what, um, which is what Jamie saw. Bless him, Owen Windsor, and I can't remember. Did someone else go out? I don't think there was in the end, just the two, wasn't it? There was going to be two. another one, I think. Um, and then Snodgrass, yeah. So it, it was a surprise. It, in terms of Albion, it's almost like could a, could a worse player have, have left the club? I mean, look, we all know that Snodgrass's 
fallen out of favour with Valerian Ishmael. We, look, from what we understand, there is an injury there. He has struggled with injuries. He had that back surgery last season that it has hampered him this season. He's been it's been times he's been fit this season. It's been times he's had setbacks. But the reason why he's not involved, Alvin, is because of a fallout with Valerian Ishmael. If he is not playing this second, there might be like there might be injuries on top of it. But it's so what we should say. The reason why he's had no future, really, it feels like, is because of Ishmael because it does seem to be a fallen out between the two of them. He's been ostracised. Um, and now he's left the club, which is a strange one because obviously I think the vast majority of people listening to this do expect Ishmael to lose his job. There is an expectancy there. If people, if you said to people, right, I'll give you £100 now, you've got to pull it on. Is he going? Is he staying? I think the vast majority of people would put it on he's going. So there is an expectancy there. But the fact that Snodgrass left um, makes you wonder because obviously, basically, he was... Out, he was he was out of the team because of Ishmael, um, out of the squad. Sorry, because of Ishmael, um, and it feels like sort of Ishmael has won that battle, really, if you like. Yeah, and just uh, just something that's emerged, Joe. To we'll just just lodge into this section in the last twenty minutes or so. Jordan Hugel's been speaking to Wales Online uh, about how his time at Albion was sort of the, the lowest he'd, he'd ever felt in, in the game, really. Just can you give us a... I know there'll be a story going out on the Express and Star later on. Just give the listeners uh, an indication of what Hugel's been saying. I know he made a bit of a, a bit of a swipe after he signed for Cardiff, but seems to have gone into a bit more depth today. Well, they both have, really. I mean, look, the Snodgrass has put on Instagram about his departure. I mean, it, look, maybe... We, Snodgrass is a clever guy. Like, I mean, he's he's not... Uh, I can't for one minute believe he doesn't know what he's doing, but he's essentially thanked everyone at Albion at the club, with the exception of Valerian Ishmael. I mean, he's gone in, into the sort of the kit ladies, the kit men, the kit, the receptionist. He's even mentioned the security guards. I mean, I don't know if I've ever seen a statement before where someone thanks the security guards for, <laughs> for, for what they did. I'm not knocking the job security guards do, but you don't normally see Great it in, job. What a, Great job. in what a footballer says when he leaves a club. So he's mentioned literally everyone bar, bar Ishmael, um, which feels like a dig. Um, Perhaps understandably so, given that we understand there's been a falling out between the two. And now the the pressure is piling on again. Like it's um, Jordan Hugel now speaking to Wales Online. Um, he, yeah, he's admitted that the, he's basically that the last six months have been like he said he couldn't have been any lower. Um, but his, his time at Albion, the, the end of his time at Albion, he couldn't have felt any lower. Um, so yeah, and he said, I think he hasn't gone into too much detail. He said there are certain things that went on that are not for me to say. It is what it is. But he knew he had to prove a lot of people wrong. And he said he's really lacking confidence. And what he has said is that Morrison, the manager of Cardiff, has immediately given him that confidence. So that is another way of effectively saying Ishmael didn't give it to him. Um, so, I mean, look, look I don't... I very much doubt there's there was a many people who needed needed who were swaying on Val really. I think it, you're probably the vast majority of people who listen to this are Val out, and if if you're not Val out, if you're Val in, I don't know. Like I think I don't know if this would change your mind at all. But every from every corner now, he is facing criticism from from the performances to 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 the results to now what players who have been who are leaving the club appearing to, appear to be having a, a sort of a dig as well. So. Um, yeah, it's not, it's not, it's not great for him. It really isn't. It's not good. It's not good. Is there anything else to talk about? Is there any other big, big topics at the moment? I can't, can't think of any going on, Joe. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> Brings us on to the. Uh, that was my, that was my attempt at humour. It's not very good, is it? Really. Um, this brings us on to 
the biggest elephant in the room, probably the, the whole elephant really, uh, Valerian Ishmael's future, it has been called into question. It was called into question a while ago by a certain section of supporters. That has grown bigger and bigger and bigger. It grew against Preston, it certainly grew against Millwall. We saw the, the sort of fan unrest and they, how, how unhappy they were um, about that, whether they went about that the right way. You know, they probably didn't, but but we can understand the chanting and, and, and the shouting and the corner for Ishmael to go. Um, as we've said already, it's a sorry state of affairs. Um, Joe, just to start off, you know, we're just going to answer a couple of questions in terms of Ishmael, well, not Ishmael's future on what is going on, because we don't really know what is going on because there's been a, a proper radio silence from the club, as me and you explained yesterday in our video. Um, sort of reasons for Ishmael to go, reasons for him to stay, really. If you look at social media... I can't find a single reason from a fan that's tweeted us for him to stay, but I think we've got to be balanced, you know, and we've got to look at both sides of the coin. So over to over to, over to you, really, for the tough question. You know, what are the reasons for him to go, and and what are the reasons for him to for Albion to maybe hold on to him despite this dreadful run? So we have got to be balanced, and we uh, and we have got to deal with what we know. So and what we do know is that. Uh, the Valerian Ishmael's future is is under serious threat in terms of what we understand it to be. What <clears throat> is that? That I, it's my understanding that obviously conversations have been held <clears throat> at board level about his future and what they're going to do and how they're going to progress from here. Now, <coughs> sorry, it's not a cough. Um, that is what we know basically. That those discussions have been held. The outcome of those discussions is what we don't know. Um, and what you have to say about Albion. You have to go. There's a lot of things you can sort of criticise them for at the minute, but what they do do is they do keep a very, very, very tight ship. There's only a very few people at the top of the tree. Uh, very, very, very few people. We're talking Ken, the CEO, Ron Gourlay is in this weird consultancy role that doesn't appear to be a consultancy role anymore. Um, Ian Pierce, technical director, one or two other key members of staff. Um, and those staff are tight. They are tight together. And I think what they know is that if anything leaks out, if anything gets out, it's going to come from one of those people. Um, and it's going to be pretty easy for them to trace how that information got leaked. Um, so from what I understand, there's a very, very, very small amount of people that know what exactly is going to happen next, whether that means Val staying or whether that is Val going. Um, and they are keeping their cards very, very close to their chest. And they're not, they won't, this is, I'm talking, this is sort of the type of thing where they won't be going home and telling their wives or partners or anything what's going on. This will not be, they will not want to let each other down, if you like, by this information getting out. So I've been assured that any, any hearsay is, is hearsay. Um, no that's one come, really that, knows. That, that's <clears throat> come from, you know, people we speak to at the club. So that is not a rumour that hearsay is hearsay, you know, what we'll address, because we've had questions about it, and rightly or wrongly, people ask these questions, truthfully or not, whether they're being genuine, asking about, oh, where, you know, all this about the club and who, where's the information come from? Questions have, been, uh, you know, not to answer for you, Joe, um, but questions have, these are all these questions have been asked about Val's future. What's going on? Is he going to go? What's going on? They have been asked, and they just haven't been answered, have they, Joe? And, you know, that's not the club. No, 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 I think like being, so, be, I think that's the like you said keeping a lid on things, you know, and it, it's clear that it's not the case that journalists are sitting there going, "Oh, we'll just wait for what the club's going to say." That's not the case at all. No, I mean, I mean, believe me, we've been making hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of calls. If you speak to, I mean, between me, Joe, and Steve Madeley and Rob Gurney at the BBC, would have literally been on the phone non-stop since 
since Millwall, really. Well, to be honest, since Preston. Because um, that's when we thought something might happen. <clears throat> yeah, look, so the first question is, look, have all the questions been asked? Of course the questions have been asked. I think people think, like... We've had some comments today from Paul Chappell saying our sports journalists just cheerleaders for the club now, scared of asking probing questions. Well, all the questions you want asked, Paul, have been asked. But I will, what I will say to that is they are asked in a press conference. They are asked in a formal setting. They are asked in a polite way. So when, you, when a game ends and when a press conference starts, it is in a room. It is behind a table. It is with nice seats. It is in a quiet room. It is with teas and coffees on the table. It's not... I, it's not... As someone from the fat from the stands who's just shouted angrily, "You're getting sacked in the morning! You're getting sacked in the morning!" and thrown into a press conference room. It's not. I would. They're, they're not asked in an, in an aggressive way. They're asked in a professional way. And all the answers that pe- all the questions people want asking have been asked. I mean, I've asked Val multiple times. Why won't you change formation? Have you considered changing formation later in the season when things were going well? When things weren't going well say things like Val appreciate you said in the past you don't want to change system you believe all the answers are in 343 however things aren't working out results haven't been what they want you have, results haven't been what you want them to be are you tempted to change formation that is how that type of question is asked that's the type of question I've asked multiple times it's all done in a civil way so Val's answer to that will be no I believe that all the answers are in 343 it's not the system that's letting us down it's the fact that we're not taking our chances or when we get into dangerous areas we're not putting in the right balls into the box that's what he'd say to the formation question Val has been asked countless times where is he the man for the job like he was well he hasn't been asked that countless times but he was asked that after the game at Millwall And he said, absolutely, he feels he is the man for the job. He believe, he's got absolutely immense belief in his way, how, he, how he's going to do things, how he wants to go about his business. He believes his philosophy will come good in the end. So he was asked that job. Val, do you fear the sack? Do you fear you're going to get sacked? His answer, yeah, of course. Like uh, He's a manager. He says, I'm a manager. There's no job security in being a manager. Um, when you become a manager, if you're not, if you're not prepared for the sack, don't become a manager because it's very much part and parcel of the job. So <clears throat> I think all these people don't feel like these questions have been asked. I mean, they really have. They haven't been asked angrily. They haven't been asked like, Val, Valerian Ishmo, you need to go now. It hasn't, that, that hasn't been said. It's just been like, no one has said that, but people have said, Val, are you the man to take this club forward? Val, do you believe you should stay in this job? Val, do you fear the sack? Val, will you change formation? All these questions have been asked. But I just think people... You've got to separate the roles that, that I'm in and we're in as journalists to what to, to, to fans. We can't be like that. This is a, this is a professional setting. And, and you've also got to remember, I don't think anyone <clears throat> in, in life would go up to someone in the street, really, point aggressively in their face and say, you're getting sacked in the morning, you're getting sacked in the morning, you're rubbish at your job. But in a... But I've sung it at football games. Everyone has sung it at football games. In 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 the stadium, in that. I can't that imagine moment. you ever singing that, Joe Massey. Oh no, I think I have. Like, um, <laughs> I think I joined in singing it for a laugh when Mick McCarthy was getting it at Cardiff earlier this season. But like, <laughs> you, do you know what I mean? No one would do that. No one would do that. No, no. one would ever do that. You'd never like. <clears throat> if you walked into Greg's to buy a sausage roll and they gave you a steak bake, you wouldn't suddenly go, "Ah, you're getting sacked in the morning." It just wouldn't happen. Like, what a brilliant analogy. Um, was well, a rubbish analogy, but <laughs> that's you know brilliant. I mean? like, I think people need to realise the fact that we have got actual personal relationships with Val. Val is a human being. I know that's like some like he is a human being. He is, a, and he is. From everything I hear from people at the club, he is a really good person. Um, so I just think that needs to be sort of reflected, really, in terms of 
social media and some and some of the comments because and there um, is a way of asking questions. You know, fans tweet going, "Oh, ask him if he's going to resign. Ask him, you know, should he be sacked?" Well, that's like sacked, no, but, yeah, because that, that's that, not. But that is the same as asking Val. Do you think you're the man yeah, to take the club forward? Yeah, it's asking like, it in a certain way, isn't it? It's asking it in a polite, professional way, which is what we do. Um, yeah, so. That's 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 the way it is, and look, there's all these people liking that tweet now, saying, "Our oh, sports journalists nothing more than cheerleaders, scared to ask probing questions." Well, to be honest, lads, and what, what anyone you can asking add... that question or liking it, you got absolutely no idea. Yeah, um, and what you can, what you can add on top of that is that you know I know and you know, and football clubs up and down the country, as a sports journalist, you will write stuff that the club will come to you and say, you "Shouldn't have wrote that," you know, and if a sports journalist is just like a puppet on a string for a football club. They're not doing their job. And certainly, you know, the major- large majority of people know that the reporters that cover this football club, yourself included, Joe, are not like that and do a fantastic job to keep fans informed. I think these comments are coming because people want more information on Val. There is no information there. The questions are being asked, but the information's not there. And I think they're probably born more out of frustration. Yeah, yeah, probably else. is out of frustration, to be fair. Probably, but it's, you know, it's still... And I think the last 10 minutes have probably been... Um, quite insightful I hope quite insightful for fans I'm sure it'll probably garner a few comments on social media because social media is a cesspit but I hope it opens people's eyes and it shows you know what is done I suppose also just finally um, a lot of people say on this issue a lot of people say oh you're scared to lose your privileges you're scared to get banned <laughs> makes me laugh right. that one um <clears throat> Well, I don't want to say that. I feel like a bit bad saying this, but I'm on a rant now, so I'm off and going. Because this is not a threat towards West Brom at all, because I really like everyone who works at the club in terms of like the media department and stuff. And But this podcast has got a bit of a following. We're not we're not being... That's not me having an ego. That's not me being... Like, we have. We, we do well. Like, we've, we've got a fair few listeners. And I, th- I like to think the people who listen to it know me, and they know that I'm not, I'm not really a troublemaker. Like, I don't really want to cause, like... They kind of get how about I go about my job, but... <clears throat> If Albion ban me, I'm telling everyone. I'm writing a story on it, and I'll I'll explain exactly why I'm banned. I'm not bothered about it. like, and then, then people have to make their own minds up. So I'm not afraid to get banned at all. And also, if I get banned, it just means I get to spend a Saturday with my little girl and little boy. So I'm, Joe not, I'm not worried about getting headline banned. Joe Massey quote marks come and ban me. No, ban don't me ban me. You... I really don't want to be banned. <laughs> ban I mean, me if you're dead. banned. I'm a good guy. I do my best. Like, but I'm just saying. All those people, oh, you're scared to lose your privileges. I think that is a cold pie at Millwall. You're all right, mate. And what I will say, this is not just sports journalists. Journalists across there, across the spectrum, and this is because of social media. Social media likes journalists that shout the loudest, even if they're not doing their job properly. It's the case in in news, you know, in whatever's going on, Brexit, COVID, whatever. If the journalist who shouts, it's not generally the journalist that shouts the loudest who's doing the best job. And I find that out myself in the last few years of working as a journalist that that is the case. So. Just because someone isn't shouting and spouting and bawling on Twitter, it doesn't mean that they're not asking the probing questions which have been asked on Val. Thinking of adoption? We have all the information you need at Adoption at Heart, your regional adoption agency for the Black Country. Adoption at Heart provides adoption services for City of Wolverhampton Council, Walsall Council, Dudley Metropolitan Borough Council and Sandwell Children's Trust and is encouraging those who are considering adoption to come forward and take the next step. The Black Country Agency is appealing for adopters who can give our children lots of individual time, understanding and ongoing support and are looking to recruit adopters from within a diverse section of the community, irrespective of gender, sexual orientation, disability, race or faith. To start your adoption journey or to find out more, why not book onto the next virtual information event? 
Visit adoptionatheart.org.uk to see the next available dates and to book your place, or alternatively, you can call 01902 553818. Being an adoptive parent can be challenging, but it also brings great rewards. If you're interested in finding out more, please contact Adoption at Heart today by visiting adoptionatheart.org.uk. Right, so as we said, we're going to touch on uh, obviously Val's future, which we've done a little bit. You know, we've addressed some of the fans' uh, pressing questions, and we'll do more of that later on in the uh, in the episode. So, Joe, you know, as we touched on previously, you know, reasons for Val to go, reasons for him to stay. Obviously, the, the reasons for him to go um, are probably longer than the reasons for him to stay. So, we'll start with that. You know, what are the reasons for for West Brom to to change manager now at this point of the season? Well, I think I mean the first one is results are dreadful. I think that's the key one of any manager really um, well results and performances when you take into account the last two games look I think I mean I, do you know what I know all these numbers off the top of my head but I can't actually remember them off the minute I mean what is it is it three wins in 12 um, three and 14 three and one 14 in, one in eight um, one in eight I mean just not good enough is it I mean like, sorry, we, we should let people know that we did have a little we had to pause this I had to take a phone call so if, if I do repeat myself here then I apologise because I can't exactly remember where we broke and where we've reconnected but I might have said this in the last bit if I did I'm sorry but look I've said it a million times though the league I generally think the league's atrocious like I think Albion this season should finish as a worst case scenario should finish third um, look there's two automatic promotion places at the end of the day so someone out of Albion Fulham and Bournemouth is going to miss the cut it's just as simple as that they're the rules but for my mind those three teams should be miles clear of everyone else and, and the truth is Albion are not um, Fulham as good as are Bournemouth are very very have been wobbly I think but they had an exciting deadline day can Blackburn sustain what they're doing I'm not sure but we'll find out but <clears throat> for me those three teams should be should be miles clear. Albion simply aren't. They are looking over their shoulders. We can now fall out of the playoffs. For me, that was absolutely inconceivable. I I never imagined things getting this bad. To be honest, in terms of the table, I I, I really really didn't. The fact that QPR are clear with us for the game now, and the fact that Middlesbrough are on a coattails, I just can't. It's just not good enough. Like it's just not good enough. And for a matter of the criticism the players get and stuff and, and people say oh this isn't the greatest squad and blah 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 I think we all know they should be doing a lot better than they are um, and they're not I think it's like two or three goals in, in, in 12 away games or something it's just ridiculous for uh, uh, these players I mean I mean Gray Dingana Carlin Grant I mean Callum Robinson these are good players I mean they, they, they shouldn't be scoring three goals in 12 games or whatever it is Um one goal in a first half in Albion's last 15 games. One in the last 15 games, Albion have only scored in the first half once. They actually scored twice in that first half at Coventry. Last 15 games. Albion don't score goals in the first half. I mean, it's absolutely incredible. Um, <clears throat> so first and foremost, results. That's why that's, that's the first case you'd make for Ishmael going. Second, performances, the last two have been absolutely awful. Third... The atmosphere is just incredibly toxic to the point where I don't even know if it's, if he, if he can get it back, but it is it is incredibly toxic. Um, it's just horrible. It's just horrible. Uh, I mean, some of the abuse Jake Livermore was getting at the end of the game at Millwall is just not right. Like it's just I know it's born out of frustration, but it's just not right. Um, and do you know what? I'm going to throw this in as a, as another reason why <clears throat> why I think he would be considered to lose his job is it's just his sheer tactical inflexibility um which just is 
absolutely bonkers really from day one like he's just sheer stubbornness not to change anything I, 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 I'm I'm all for having a strong philosophy and I'm all for having your belief in the way to play and I think that is the way you have to be as a manager I think now the game's moved on to the point now where you have to have a DNA you have to have a clear philosophy you have to know you have to be and you have to have real sort of belief in it but that doesn't mean you can't make tweaks and it certainly doesn't mean you can't make tweaks when things aren't going well and things aren't going well. It's not acceptable for Albion to have only scored once in the first half of their last 15 games. If, if Albion have only scored one goal in the first half of their last 15 games, something isn't working. Now, Ishmael may feel that this is the best system, this gets the best chances, this gets the best results, blah, 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 blah. But the results stay otherwise. So, there's no more case... Like, it's just... It, you just want him to change things, and um, you can't. He can't manage by democracy. He can't pick this team by a survey. But there are times when you have to make your life a little bit easier. And I think fans at certain times would have warmed to him if he'd shown some tactical flexibility and shown he was willing to change it just a little bit. He would see it as an, a, a, an abandonment of his principles. I don't think anyone listening to this would think Val has abandoned his principles if he played 3-5-2, if he played 3-4-1-2, if he played 3-4-2-1. We're not asking him to go... Look, we probably are asking him to go to a back four, but he doesn't, he doesn't have to go to a back four. He, doesn't, he, doesn't, he can keep back, his back three and keep his wing backs. If he wants, he can keep two central midfielders. But there's, there's, there's got to be some sort of flexibility to it. And I think, I think it would have taken everyone by surprise just how stubborn values of his tactics. And when I mean everyone, I mean the Albion hierarchy. Like, I think <clears throat> Val would have made it clear when he got the job that he's 3-4-3 three, three every week and he's not going to change that. But I don't know if even he would... It, it would have. I don't know how it would have come across that actually he's not going to change for a single minute. Like, and that's the situation we're at. We have literally played 3-4-3 three, three every single week. Um... So there's another reason I think that you've got, and then I have got one more actually, which is he's fallen out with some players now. We know he's fallen out with Robert Snodgrass. We know he's fallen out with Sam Johnston. How can you say it? He hasn't picked his battles well um, in terms of the characters he's decided to take on. So we know Robert Snodgrass is a big personality. He is a big personality. Um, he's a big character. He's a, he's 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 the club joker if you like wherever he is he's he, he's and he's very popular it's not someone you really want to be casting aside sam johnson is a real strange one a real strange one to pick a battle with i think we said it before needless just needless like, like he's the best goalkeeper in the division he's the only england international in the division david button knows his role like david button would not have kicked up a stink if he was on the bench for that Peterborough game. He would have just got on with it. He would have expected it. So to to stick with him and to basically fall out with Sam over that is just... I was speaking to someone, they said that after the... after the um, Before the Peterborough game... No, sorry. <clears throat> after the Peterborough game, there was a little bit of sympathy for Val in terms of that Albion had won the game There'd been the huddle, which was a nice little moment on the pitch, the team huddle, and fans could say, oh, actually, these players are, are one, they're together, they're in the huddle of Adam Murray, and it, 
it felt like there was a togetherness there. And also, we just lost Daryl DK. And, like, you can't really legislate for that. I mean, I think everyone knew that was that is tough for Val. Like, that is tough. Um, and I think everyone at that moment in time had a bit of sympathy for him and, and felt for him. Um, and then the, the Sam Johnston issue arose. And I think he lost a lot of sympathy again. Like, he just... It, it, it just went... Um, over that decision and it's just <clears throat> it's very very strange 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 decisions strange decisions everyone knows I like Val and I think he's a really I think he's a good guy I think I, uh, I think the Sam Johnson thing is really strange but above all I think Val is a very polite professional good man um, but I do find the Sam Johnson thing strange and I do find the tactical inflexibility strange cue the tweet I don't care if he's a nice guy that's what you'll get that's what a few of the tweets will be after the pod from them uh, unruly Albion fans. Just on the flip side, Joe, um, reasons for him to stay. You know, we've heard of this long-term project, which isn't going too well of late. Is that a reason to stick by Val? So I think the reasons for him to stay are, A, he's a really nice guy for all those people out there who <laughs> can't wait for me to say that. Um, he's just a really nice guy, like really nice for all the people who are going to hand me on to it. He's just like really nice. Just, um, I can just see you there with a big spoon just um, staring at Joe. So, he, he, look, he does seem a nice guy. He does, he's very polite, he's very professional. I think he, he carries himself in a way, in terms of with Albion's hierarchy, that he's, he's easy to work with in terms of, I think, there's, there's a mutual respect there. Um, why would you stick with him? You'd stick with him for the first reason is because that Albion signed him up for four years. And Albion signed him up for because that they believe that the club needs a long-term project. They believe the club has lacked a complete identity. Now, all these things I think everyone would actually agree with. Do you want to be swinging from Slavon Bilic to Sam Allardyce to Valerian Ishmael to whoever it was to follow him? Like, it, you, this can't happen anymore. And everyone knows that, don't they? Like, everyone knows that you've got to, be, you've got to have a long-term plan. You can't just... <clears throat> have a team that's set out to play one way and immediately shoehorn a manager that plays another and immediately shoehorn a manager that plays another way. It just doesn't work. So <clears throat> we need the longevity. And what, <clears throat> what you can't, what you have to say about Ishmael is he really does have a plan. You might think the plan's dreadful, but <clears throat> he does have a clear plan. He has immense belief in it and he's had real success with it. And I think this does need to be stressed. Like I think... There's something about Ishmael, and I don't know what it is, where his previous success goes really under the radar. But I think if, like... And I, I don't know if it needs to be said, but I think it does. Like, Valerian Ishmael played for Bayern Munich. Like, does that, does that resonate at all? Like, I don't think it does. Like, I feel like if Albion didn't appoint Ishmael in the summer, but appoint, appointed the Borussia Dortmund's B manager, I think there'd be a lot more excitement. I think it would be like, ooh, well... He's come from Borussia Dortmund or Bayern Munich. I don't know, like it, but Val played for Bayern Munich. Like that's quite a big deal. Like he's he, he played at the top of the game. Um, it's not many managers that available that have played at the level that he has played at. Second of all, he is he had real success with Lusk and Barnsley. Real success. So to say that there's nothing in Valble is just wrong, because there is. And this is what I will always say about Val, is I truly believe that he is on to something. That people hate XG, people hate us talking about that. But <clears throat> the, the, the stats add up. If you look at the XG table, Albion are top. And the truth is, whether people like that or whether they don't, 
if you create more chances than the opposition, the vast, you will win more games by and large. Overall, that is what will happen. And that is what Albion have done this season on the data. They're not second on the data. They're not third on the data. They're not trying to get in the playoffs on the data. They're top. They're top of the league. So to, I, I know people will say, oh, well, the chance that... Like, I get it. It's been incredibly frustrating to watch. Don't get me wrong. It has been. But in terms of the data, they are top. So to say there's nothing there just isn't, isn't correct. I do think he's a, he's, a, he's a nice guy. I do think he is onto something. Personally, I think he's got an over-reliance on the data. For me, football should be about the data and your eyes. And for me, Val's emphasis is too much on the data. But there is something there. And anyone who says there isn't is naive, because there is. There is something there. The other thing that I would say is, Val, uh, like, Val... The club may feel that the club needs an actual overhaul in terms of players and playing stuff. They may feel that like they need a couple of windows to truly get what Ishmael wants. <clears throat> and then, and long term, they need this plan. There is not a lot of footballing brains on that board. Who have we got? Ron Gawley in this consultancy role. Blah, blah, blah. We don't really know what he's doing. Ian Pearce, the man who never talks. Although he did walk past me in the press room the other day and failed to make eye contact with me, which made me feel like, oh, maybe he actually listens to this podcast. I don't know. But he never talks. So Ron Gawley never talks. Ken never talks. And is in the job because he's the best mate of... He's the best mate of Lai's friend. I mean, he's a very clever guy, Ken. I mean, and everyone who deals with him, S4A, all that lot, all sing his praises. They all think he's very, very good at what he does. But Ken in a job is like me buying a basketball team and putting... If you had a kid, me putting your son in charge of it. That is the situation we're in with Albion. That is, it's exactly the same. Like, it's, there's... there's with the greatest respect to Ken, if he's listening, he hasn't done really anything to warrant that job. Like, it just hasn't. Um, so, there's not a lot of football in brains there, whereas Ishmael does know what he wants. He knows what he wants. He's got a clear plan. He knows how he believes how to get there. So you're almost all in on Ishmael, really, whether they believe in that and whether... <clears throat> they're the reasons that... I think they're the reasons you make for, for potentially keeping him. Um... And they're, they're the, yeah, that's all I can say, really. It's not... Yeah, I don't know what else to say. Yeah, and I think some fans <clears throat> will read into that, the fact that we've talked about reasons for him to stay. You know, just to clarify, it's not us staying no, saying whether he should... It? It's yeah, it's not us like, saying whether we... We've got to balance it. Like, we've got to balance it. It's not us saying whether he should go or should stay. And this is an opinion of mine, whether people agree with it or not. I don't think it's the role of a journalist to say if a manager should be sacked or not. It's the role of a journalist to say, these are the facts, these are maybe why he should stay, these are maybe why he should go this is what the fans are saying, this is what's been said. Um, so yeah, it's that conversation in the last 10 minutes is purely for balance um, and balance only. But, you know, as we said, the questions have been asked. We will wait and see what will happen now. Um, but just fine on that little bit, Joe, there's got to be something said in there because the silence is deafening. If, whether it's either either way, we need to hear something really, don't we? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And that, <clears throat> that's the issue for Albion now, look. They've got to say something. We can't be. I mean, look. I think you'd probably everyone would probably. Uh, I mean, you can't. We can't just carry on. We can, fans need to know. Fans need to know. And something's got to be done to take out this to- toxicity. So <clears throat> I can't imagine if Val stays, it'll, it'll take a lot to turn this round and it'll take a lot to calm things down. But what would be a start is if fans knew that. If they, if they, if you got the vote, I don't. I, I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I just think we need. We can't be in limbo any longer. We're all just in limbo. 
Um, and we can't. And we can't be. The, 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 I believe the club needs to clarify it one way or the other. He either needs to get the vote of confidence, or he needs to go. We can't carry on like this. Yeah. No. Certainly. Right. Joe Massey's favourite part of the podcast: questions from the fans. Oh God. We all know how much you love this, Joe. Um, probably rattle off most of these that we've already answered. Do you think Val in charge of Sheffield United? Who's replacing Val? Has Val gone? Why isn't Val gone yet? We've all. Um, address those um, this is one from Ethan WBA Ethan thanks for your question um, if we did stay down in the championship how long would we be financially stable for and if we were to stay down this season which is highly likely do you think the club will invest heavily to get us promoted because he wants to sell well, interesting there's, question there's two golden years to get back up isn't there um, obviously this year and next year <clears throat> in terms of the parachute payments if Albion don't go up next year so they don't go up this year and they weren't to go up next year. We know in the past that we've been that that they've actually they have to make contingencies for those things. So like look, some sometimes people say, Oh, where's the money and where's this, that and the other? And look, don't get me wrong, like it's not an exciting answer. It's not a, it's not but you I, I, I hate saying football's a business because in my opinion it isn't. it's just so much more than that. But it has to be run on a on a on a level footing. So <clears throat> the truth is that Grady Dean Garner, Carlin Grant, Callum Robinson, all these players are on long-term deals at Albion. And <clears throat> they're all on very, very good championship wages. So you have to, you have to plan for worst-case scenario. So <clears throat> Albion have had to make that contingency if they don't go up in two years' time to make sure they can still afford to pay these players and so they can still balance the books and stuff. So, look... There's no other way to say it other than that Albion's best chance of getting up is in the next two years. That's when they get parachute payments. That's when they're the richest. That's when that's when basically they're the big dogs in the league. That's when they're the heavy, heavyweights. You take away those parachute payments, they're not the heavyweights anymore. After that, it's going to be harder. Will they invest? Yeah, I'm, uh, look, I'm sure. I'm sure they will, but they, but they're going to invest on a lower level. Albion have just paid seven million pounds to Daradike. It's a hell of a lot of money. Like it's that's not. I don't know. I don't know what they're going to invest in two years' time. I don't know what they're going to invest next week. But I don't, I don't know what they're going to invest in two years' time. But look, what we do know is that Albion basically, for, for their best chance of survival, they've got this. Um, for their best chance of promotion, they've got this season and next season. Um, after that, it gets much harder. Yeah, yeah, certainly. Good, uh, good question. Thanks for that one. Second one here from uh, from Will W. Uh, sorry, WBA Will O two. Cheers for your question, Will. Um, when do you, when are the players back in training? Surely that might give us a bit of clarity. Do, do we know when the players are back? Obviously, we've got a break now, and we before Sheffield United. We've we've seen in the Express and Star today, as reported by you, your good self, Joe, that Val's um, think he goes back to Germany when there's a break in, in fixtures. Do we know when the players might be back in on the training field? I do know when the players are back, and because. I've got absolutely no stories, zero, because no one wants me to write about what Val said on any other thing other than his future, so there's no point in writing anything else. That is going to be my story for tomorrow. (laughs) So you will know tomorrow (laughs) when the players are back. Buy a paper, hashtag buy a paper. paper. Go on the website at 6am and you'll find Uh, out when the players are back in training. But they are on a break. Yeah. They are on a break, break. and it's our understanding Valerian Ishmael's in Germany, um, which is no... Nothing to read into. After every international break, he's gone back to Germany. His wife and his two daughters live in Germany. 
every opportunity he goes back. So well, not every opportunity. When there's a break in the season, he goes back. Sorry. So he's gone back for the last two international breaks, and we are effectively in the national break now because we've not got a game at the weekend. So um, <clears throat> he's gone back to visit his wife and daughters. Yeah. Um, another question. This is a hypothetical one. We'll we'll step away from the Val chat for for a, for a minute. The Thursday Frostle in an ideal world. Were there any transfers in the championship that you have liked to have seen Albion hijack? Kiefer Moore is a player I'd have loved to have seen in the stripes. What do you think, Joe? I looking at the looking at the the late deals from yesterday. I'd like to see Todd Campwell at West Brom. I think he would have been a I think he'd have been a good addition at West Brom. Not that he would ever have come to West Brom, or West Brom would have brought him in because there was going to be no activity yesterday. Is there any off the top of your head that went through yesterday, or or even in the window that you uh, you might have liked to have seen oh, Albion no. hijack? Um... Put me on the spot, mate, to be honest. I don't know if I... Who did Bournemouth sign yesterday? Dembele, Campwell. Kiefer Moore. Kiefer Moore, yeah. It's a good signing. I've always... I mean, look, I've always liked Kiefer Moore. I said before he'd be a good signing, but not with Andy Carroll and Dara DK. We don't really need him anymore. Um, I'd have liked a creative midfielder. But who is that man? I don't know. Um, just a creative midfielder. Just to put pressure on um, Alex Mowat, really. I feel like Mo was great at the start of the season. I think his form's dipped, to be honest. Um, I think he's a really good player. Don't get me wrong, he'll, he'll come back strong, but at the moment he's he's quiet. <clears throat> I think I'll be need a bit more in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know off the top of my head, sorry. I don't know. A uh, few questions. We've got one from Luke Fletcher. We've had a few questions like this, and I'll just, just sort of mention it now. People asking, who do you think should replace Val if Val goes? Personally, you know as a podcast and, and, and myself as a journalist, I don't think we should be answering that question when there's a man still in a job. I think it's a little bit disrespectful. So it's not that we're not going to read your questions out, you know, or we haven't read them. Um, well, we're not going to read them out or, or answer them, just just on that point. We'll move on to some other, other ones now because there are some really good questions in this. Um, do you think the fans' frustration being largely directed at Val is fair? Have the players not got away very lightly considering they failed Billich post-COVID? A large number were bombed by Big Sam for failing him, and now they're failing Val. It's a good point. Like I think, um, I think the players do like the 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 way Albion stumbled over the line post lockdown in the promotion season. Someone said to me the other day that basically I didn't I didn't really everyone the, the blame for their fitness was always placed on Slaven, but there was there has been some suggestion that. Actually, the players were given very thorough plans and perhaps didn't do them as well as they should have. Um, but I don't know. It's a long time ago now. There's no need to really get into it. Um, look, I think the, the the players have got to take their share of responsibility. I think what... I've said this before as well, that I think what Val is going to have to accept is whether Val stays at Albion or whether Val goes on... I think Val's a, a manager of real potential. That's not, not going to change whatever happens. Um, I think he could go on whatever, I really don't think, I think that is true. What, what, what and yeah, I'm sure he knows this anyway, he doesn't need me to tell him, but I'm sure he's fully aware of this, but <clears throat> what he is going to have to accept is that, A, his football is not pretty. We said in the first sort of eight, ten games of the season it was, six to eight games at the start of the season it was, it was pretty in terms of like the aggression, not pretty, but it was like entertaining in terms of the aggression. It was different, wasn't it? Yeah, it was very, it was like, about every game was like a basketball match and the, and the high line was like, we used to just sit there with kittens because it just felt like one ball over the top, we were going to concede a goal and 
Abram's so aggressive with the wing backs right at the high at the pitch, like five, five, they look like five forwards at times. And it was, it, breathtaking is the word. Um, it was entertaining. So Valble can be entertaining, but what he will know is that also it can be horrible to watch. I mean, like, when we say horrible, we mean like, like Tony, like Tony, like like what people would batter Tony Pulis for, or Sam Allardyce, or those sort of managers. Like just, which I always think is a bit unfair on Sam in hindsight. But <clears throat> but it's not good to watch, and he needs to know that. He'll know that. And what and what's also incredibly frustrating is is the is the lack of formational change, the lack of tweaks, the lack of trying something different. And and he is making himself a target for that. If you look at I don't know how many people see Swansea. <clears throat> if you look at Russell Martin at Swansea, he is the exact opposite to Val. He is he is literally pass for passing sake. Total, I mean, total footballer. Um, I don't <clears throat> necessarily think that's the way to go either. But he, but he, even when it's not going well, fans still kind of enjoy it. It's it's only when it goes really badly that they turn and they start shouting like, "I'll oh, get rid of it" and stuff. But like. And fans also kind of, I think they kind of like being part of that process. They like watching the team tap it around and watch them try and play good football and watching the team evolve and stuff and get better at it. And it's, it's enjoyable. Um, whereas what Val, I've spoken to fans a lot and one, I, speak, I speak to one in particular, he'll know who he is. But like he says it, he hates the fact that he can't go to the game, walk to the game and debate what formation he's going to play. He hates the fact that he doesn't know. He, he can basically pick the eleven and the and the, and the system, and he's taken that. Has taken some joy out of it for him. He hates the fact that he can't talk about tactics. He can't talk about how they set up. Oh, they play four three three. So should we put an extra man in the middle of the park? Or they only got one up front. So what do we like? He, that annoys him, and I get it. Like, <clears throat> and I think that's where a lot of the anger from Val stems from. This, of course, it's the results. It's the result, but of course, it's the. It has. There's been a lot of games this season where Albion just haven't been enjoyable to watch. Is you, you would you would question whether it was worth the admission fee. And on top of that, I think fans just find it incredibly hard to accept a manager that will not change formation at any point. It's okay when when things are going well. It's absolutely fine. Um, but when it's not, like I think that that is very very frustrating and. <clears throat> And fans aren't stupid. Like that's the, like that's the thing. Like if you if you pay your money to go and watch Albion every week, or if you go to, if you're a season ticket holder and you go every other week, and you've gone basically for the last fifteen years, you've gone to watch Albion every other week for for your life. You you can't not watch that game every week and have a good understanding of the game. You know what you're seeing in front of you. You might not know the inches. You might not know exactly where players need to be stood at that exact moment of time. You don't know it from a coach's perspective, but you know you've got a damn good idea. So, like, well, for example, like, the Stoke game is always the one that stands out as the most extreme example, but, like, <clears throat> Stoke battered us this season at the Bet365. They absolutely battered us. Um, and it was, And the reason why they battered us was because it was one of those days where, very simply... They were on it and we weren't. And you just get them in football. Like we were having a bit of a stinker. They it all clicked for them. They were playing well. They were full of confidence. We were struggling a bit. And they were overrunning us in midfield. <clears throat> and they were creating chance after chance after chance. They didn't take them. They were sloppy, whatever. Sam Johnson made a couple of good saves. And then with like, I don't know how long ago, it was about 18 minutes to go, 20 minutes to go, Stoke got a penalty. 
and Sam Johnson saved it, right? And in that moment in time, you're thinking, Val, shut this down. Like, we are so lucky to still be in this game. Like, if we get out of here with a point, it's a damn good point. Like, we do not deserve any from this, from this game. But we've been given a lifeline. Sam Johnson saved a penalty. Shut it down. But we just carried on doing what we've been doing. Um, and then we conceded and lost the game. And it's moments like that, I think, that really sort of resonate with fans. And when they can see changes need to be made and they're not made. And Val, you, like Val, you could say, like, oh, who knows? Val could have made a change and we could have got lost 3-0. And that's true. It could have happened. But we did lose 1-0. We did lose. So <clears throat> it wasn't right to stay, was it? Um, so I think that's when fans get frustrated. I think that's what I think that comes into it as well. Sorry, I'm going on and on. I can't remember what the question was. I can't remember what the question was. I just got <laughs> absolutely gone off on one. We got another question here from Graham Johnny, and I replied to this because he asked where my accent was from at the start. We've replied to him, replied to him on Twitter with that, but he said, "As journalists, do you ever feel um, negatives? Do you ever? Oh, sorry, how do you deal with the negative sentiment of fans, and do you ever feel pressure to be positive because of your position and access within the club?" We've answered that, which is no. Um, but how do you deal with? with negative sentiment of the fans, you know, I'll just mention this first, Joe, and I'll come on to you. You know, it's part of the job as a journalist. You're out there, you're in the public eye, you're there to be shot at. Um, I think lately it's been quite toxic. Um, you know, I've only been in this position for less than two months, but I've been a journalist for near, near 10 years now, so I know that you're going to get flack, but I think you just deal with it and let it go over your head. I think yesterday we had a, an F off directly from one Albion fan in frustration. Um... But yeah, I don't know about you, Joe. I try and tend to try and let it go over my head at the moment because I think a lot of the the negative comments that would get directed at us are probably just frustration with the whole situation. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, I I think it's sad because I, I, I like I really like social media. I really like Twitter. I really like engaging on there. But at this moment in time, I just don't look. If I'm honest, like um, <clears throat> like get loads of comments, and I just don't even click to look. So because I, I, I will apologise because I do like normally like to spend a little bit of time replying to people and stuff, but. <clears throat> When it's like this, it's just better not to look at all. So I'll go on Twitter and I'll be like, oh, I've got 18 notifications. I'll just immediately click the home and then they're gone. And you don't know. Because, um, I don't get me wrong, I still look from time to time. I haven't completely, but like, like after a game and stuff, there's just no point in looking. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, it's toxic. But that's the, the way it is. It's the way it is. <clears throat> God, we get nothing compared to what the players get. Yeah. Like, exactly. they get absolutely abused, so... Yeah, it's, it is what it is. It's fine. I hope that's answered your question, Graham. A couple, uh, couple of funny ones here. Alan for Newport. Um, are you two gluttons for punishment? Uh, <laughs> well, I think everyone in Albion has been as at the moment, but you know, we're all we're all supporters. We're all uh, we'll all be there. Another one. Yeah, all Albion. Got to do it, Sorry, Joe. Well, just we've got, we've got to do the podcast. We are gluttons for punishment. Yeah. We've got to do it. Last yeah, week, yeah. my in-laws had COVID, so that was one of the reasons why we didn't do one last week. Um, there was literally days last week where I was typing out stories while my two-year-old little boy was clinging to my leg, so it wouldn't have made it ideal for podcast recording. Um, but we can't hide away, can we? Like We can't hide away just because things aren't great. So, plans for punishment, yeah, but we've got to do it at the end of the day. Yeah, all Albion fans, try and put a bit of humour in with the repeated negative questions. What did Mrs Massey say when you told her you were going to be busy now on Valentine's Day? Just a bit of context, Albion now play on Valentine's Day on a Monday evening. Did that right. go down well, Joe? Mate, we haven't, we haven't had that conversation yet. Because <laughs> I didn't even know Albion were playing on Valentine's Day. Probably because I don't even know when Valentine's Day is. Oh, uh, I, brought, I brought it up with my missus, she said. <laughs> and? 
and that was about it really so which was quite good I had quite a good response my missus will be fine she knows that she knows that um I've been confessed <laughs> <laughs> another one uh, Clint McCormick at what stage of the women's FA Cup would in- would there be interest for someone from the Express and Star to attend the Albion fixture currently have a nice draw to get to the quarterfinals and two games from Wembley well Clint we had uh, Nathan Judah and Liam Keane our Wolves um, colleagues who were at the Black Country Derby the other day between Wolves and West Brom unfortunately it was a Wolves win um, but I'm sure now that the women are getting close to Wembley Joe I'm sure Potentially, someone might might go down. Well, I'll be up certainly up for going, cheering on the on the ladies to Wembley. Okay, yeah, yeah, we'll talk about it, mate. We'll see what yeah, we can yeah. do. Yeah. yeah, there we go, Clint. There's an answer to that one. Um, let's have a look. Let's have a look. We haven't got. Well, we have. We can go as long as we want, but I don't. No, not going to go as long as we want. For an hour now, aren't we? Because we. I know. Yeah. We. <clears throat> let's uh, let's have a look. Oh, I want to hear from Daniel Tudge on it on a different one. Rakeem Harper <laughs> went on loan from from Ipswich to Crew yesterday. Um, I really thought there was a player there. What are your thoughts on that? I think I think we all did really, didn't we? I completely agree. Like I really, really thought there was a player there. I mean, I've read the comments from Ipswich and um, basically that he's still got a future at the club and this, that, and the other. That. They see his potential. They want him to fulfil it. Oh dear! I mean, it's not not a great look though for him. I mean, <clears throat> yeah, it's not a great. I mean, he, I think he's got all the ability in the world. I do. Um, but yeah. <clears throat> needs to get his career back on track because, uh, with the greatest respect, Rakeem Harper's too good to play for Crew. He shouldn't be that down at the bottom of League One. He should be doing better. Be doing better. I think we'll uh, we'll we'll hold it there with uh, with the question. I think there's some of the questions further up we've addressed with uh, sort of our uh, our journalist sort of mouthpieces for the club. We've already addressed all that. We've addressed the Val stuff and a lot more of the questions are Val related. So I hope we've we've covered an awful lot there. Sorry to to those who've got questions in that we haven't covered. Um, always get back in touch and we'll uh, we'll certainly try and read them read them out next time. Joe, we're uh, we're knocking on for uh, for time. Um, so I think we might might wrap up Sheffield United. A preview of Sheffield United seems a little bit pointless now yeah, because it's so week, far mate. it's so far away, and a lot could happen between now and then, couldn't it? Um, so yeah, so there we go, Baggies fans. Uh, thanks very much for getting in touch with all your all your questions. I hope it's been another insightful podcast. Um, the big talking point, obviously, is the future of of Valerian Ishmael. Um, you know, the atmosphere at the club at the moment. You know, sour, toxic, call it what you want. But the Baggies are in a very very difficult place now. Um, but hopefully, hopefully things will will get better. We always try and look for the positive, and there isn't many, if any, at the moment. But hopefully things will get better. We could see potential developments in the coming days. We really don't know. The situation is very unclear at the moment, but we'll just have to wait and see. So thanks for listening once again. Remember, as we said, we've got that. Uh, we've got that. Well, Joe's got that competition with Andy Johnson. Get them numbers up. Get them clicks up. Just keep listening. Tell your friends. Spread the podcast. If pass just the, wants to like put pass this the podcast. podcast on Spotify while they're asleep. Just put it on mute. Ah, mm. we can't cheat. We can't yeah, cheat. Of course we, we can't cheat. cheat. Just mate. put it on mute and just play it through the night. <laughs> Every night. Forever. You're gonna get you're gonna get called out by Johnson now in the in the Sheffield United press room before the game for cheating. You are. So, but there you go. Yeah, keep clicking. Keep liking. You know. Send us questions, comment. We'll be back next week. Um, Albion have got a massive game at Sheffield United, but I'm sure there'll be probably some talking points before then either way. Um, So from myself, um, thanks again for listening. And from Joe, it's a goodbye. Until next time. Cheers,